podcast is brought to you by America Online, now hiring designers in Silicon Valley, New York City, and the Washington, D.C. area. Help us set the standard for what happens next in the web. Send your resume to uijobs at aim.com today. Looking for inspiration and ideas from other colleagues from all over the world? Be sure and check out events.boxesandarrows.com. At the 2007 IA Summit in Las Vegas, Christina Woodkey, founder of Boxes and Arrows, talks with Livia Labatt and Austin Gavella about the UX practice at Comcast and how they've created an environment where they are treated as colleagues rather than as a service organization. They discuss the differences between big IA and little IA and the importance of learning from other professions in your organization to improve upon creativity and communicating with executives and customers. I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Cheers. Hi, I'm Christina Woodkey of Boxes and Arrows, and we're here talking to Olivia Labat and Austin Gavella of Comcast. And we've been having some really interesting conversations here at the summit about the uh, importance of business to information architects and vice versa. And so Austin's going to be giving a talk about that, and so we thought we'd grab a couple minutes with them and, and hear what they have to say. So, uh, Austin, what, what inspired your talk? Did it come from uh, work? Yeah, it came from work, and it came from like a lot of discussions we have, people have about big IA and how it's inaccessible. They think they can't do it or they don't, they're not supposed to do it. And I would just, I remember some of my experiences where I did a little IA that became big IA. And I came on the idea that big IA is a way you work, not the things that you do per se. Okay. Well, some of our folks at Boxes and Arrows actually aren't information architects. I know it's a little bit shocking. So actually, Liv, can you explain the big IA, uh, little IA definitions and, and how you see them at, at Comcast? Um, so generally, the way that I interpret that is little IA is really the, the the bottom up looking at the content and building structure from it. So understanding and thinking about the more granular aspects of information and uh, growing in the the structure and and the hierarchies and things like that from that. And the the top down um, big IA type work is more um, looking from. Uh, getting insights from user needs and the business needs and converging those things and then uh, taking the, the literal aspects like content and other things into account but just from a different angle. And I think it's not a matter of one or the other. You actually have to look at, at work in both levels. So, uh, And that's something that we try to do. Um, but it's not like we have a formal way to do that. But um, something that's interesting in terms of business in IA is that uh, often I'll get to the discussion of process and so thinking about who does little IA, who does big IA and how does that jive with everyone else's work to us really what matters is servicing the business and so providing a service to the business and so the process needs to support that so in, in, in many ways we're seen as top down because we're thinking about the global aspects of the business and working with that to the more granular aspects of what we need to do. Well, a lot of people have said that the concept of big IA is really uh, the job of a product manager, or it's something that they call uh, user experience or UX. So um, how do you see, you know, you're talking about your talk is to bring back big IA, or at least defend it. Can you talk a little bit more about how it's unique and why it's important to Comcast or business in general? Well, I don't think it's unique, and I don't even think necessarily it's more important than other things, so I think it is important. Um, Like everything... Even if you're just doing a wireframe, something for just one screen and one product um, that maybe you think only one user will need, it still needs to be driven by the business goals. And that, and thinking uh, from the global perspective like that, 
makes that one wireframe instead of just being this one one-off piece that is in a closet somewhere catapults that into something that's part of the business's conversation as a whole. And th to me, that's that's the kind of work that people should be doing regardless. Like, your work shouldn't just be this one-off that, that doesn't have any legs. It should feed the business as an organism. Um, so that's, I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's the approach I take. Now, I don't think it's more important or less important than the business, but I do know, like, at... Um, at Comcast, a lot of times people will tell me, I'll ask a question, I'll make a suggestion, they'll say, well, that's not what IA does. And I think that's really humorous because that's what I've been doing for years. And it's, I think it's more a matter that it doesn't really belong to a specific job title. People just get together in a room and you do the work that needs to be done. Do you think some people are a little too hung up on roles? I mean, I hear you say that's not what IA does, but you've been doing it for years. Does the person define the role? Does the role define the person? Um, do, because you do it, does that make it IA? Or what is, what, how do you see that relationship sort of fitting together? That's a good question, Christine. <laughs> and I've done a lot of thinking about this. <laughs> to me, in the new, in the new millennium, uh, the concept of job titles and roles as silos is pretty much relevant. Everything's networked. Everybody... Everything's collaborative. Everything feeds everything else. So a lot of a lot of um, disciplines they like to focus on one aspect of the entire experience, and that's good because you need the specialist. But there are emerging disciplines or disciplines that have emerged that that bridge that are have lots of overlap, um, like like IA, like um, business analysis and enterprise architecture, and that overlap occurs not because they own those areas. Um, or that they even own anything unique, and they don't even own the overlap, but their focus is keeping all the small pieces aligned with the whole. Now, in an optimum organization, my opinion is that you wouldn't need IA or enterprise architects or business analysts because everybody on the ground would be going in the same direction, but it's like herding cats. So you need somebody, people, to help you herd the cats. So, uh, Livia, you know, you're a hiring manager. How does this uh, philosophy jibe with your everyday, day-to-day -day experience trying to get stuff done? I think there is a very significant disconnect when we talk about those aspects of what is information architecture, where does it fit, and how does it jibe with the business. And, and it's the need for a specialization and the need for collaboration. And they're two different things. And it's collaboration of work and specialization of function and I think there is great value in specialization of function. So I think, yes, you do need an IA specialization. You need usability. You need business analysts. But the collaboration is a completely different level. And the problem is that when we talk in terms of job titles, we're not making any of those distinctions. So you can interpret it in one way or another. So it becomes very convoluted to have a discussion about who is supposed to do what. Uh, we, but we really should be having that discussion in terms, but it's a pr discussion about process, and within the process you define roles and responsibilities. But that does not at all eliminate the fact that you need to have uh, dedicated functions. That should just exist. That should be part of the infrastructure, however you're working your process or how roles are defined within the context of a product development process and maintenance process. 
that is very contextual. So it might be in w at one point in, in a particular project, the IA has a more overarching organizing role, like orchestrating what's happening. In a different context, in a different project, they have a very um, a more specific role that's like figuring out taxonomies and categorization systems, and that's really the boundaries of the role. So I think it's important to have the function to indicate what is potentially offered by a function, and but in the context of the project, a discussion about how the collaboration is going to work. So um, I hear you say the business a lot, the business, um, as if it was a very separate entity from Comcast or what or what you're doing. Um, how how do you see the relationship of uh, the business to your life as a Comcast employee, as your uh, life as an IA at Comcast, and how do you make that relationship with uh, what did you say, satis satisfying the business or, uh, you know, uh, meeting that business needs? I mean, that's, I think that's a topic of your talk as well, more or less. I want Livia to take this first. <laughs> I, I, I had really good insight during the summit um, with talking to some people because we always refer to what we do as a service mm -hmm. to the business. And after talking to people, they're like, why do you frame it this way? Mm -hmm. That might be the reason why you're so distant from the business. Mm -hmm. And if you consider yourself just another business unit instead of the service organization that's servicing all these other business units, you, you become um, uh, an entity at the same level as them. And you may be doing the exact same kind of work, but just framing it differently might be a way to be closer to the business. So when mm -hmm. I say the business, I refer to the, I mean the organization. So I should probably be saying the organization and mm -hmm. not the business. Um, but um, that's something so that- it's less than business people, it's more- Yeah, so when, when, so we should really make the distinction of the organization mm -hmm. and business units, mm -hmm. which are the people who are generating the, the, the initiatives that we're working on. Okay. Do you have something further to say about riffing off of that? Well, no, I think it's important. And that was one thing that like Adam, Adam Greenfeld complained once to me that every all the IA stuff is all about business. And that makes some sense because that's where the money is, so people want to kind of be close to the business talk. But a lot of times really do mean the organization. And that and if we if we do frame it if we were just more careful about how we framed it, then then I think that opens continues to open more doors and also gets us into other like other channels and stuff because it's not just a business where you're doing web stuff. You're servicing organizations with experience. Mm. So um, if IA isn't about business, then what else is it about? Hurting cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's project management. <laughs> so one way, the way that we mm -hmm. decided, how do, how do we address, how do we answer that question mm -hmm. for ourselves? And the reason why I wanted to do that is because if we don't know what our team is about, how are we going to really be providing a good service? So the way that we define it, we have a mission statement that says we're, uh, we're the people that um, balance user needs and business goals to um, uh, create a framework to enable positive experiences. So that mission statement defines what we do. And we do information architecture and usability, mm -hmm. but to us it's a really good way to kind of define the boundaries of the, the responsibilities of mm -hmm. information architecture. See, you know, um, it's, it's always interesting to me when I hear people talk about um, we represent the user or we hold the user goals because uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jared Spool's research, but he shows that the companies that are the single most effective are the ones in which every single person in the company are responsible for the company's goals. So um, 
how do you define your role in the company? Because you're nodding, you know, you've 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 seen this stuff, and you you clearly believe it's true. So so how do you how do you balance both your direct responsibility to the user with the knowledge that that that's something that needs to belong to the entire organization? So one thing is that I explicitly asked the team not to portray ourselves as user advocates. We are user advocates, but when, when we do that, people have an expectation that they don't have the responsibility. Mm. So yeah, just go to the IA's guide. They, they know the users. And that means that they're making all these, their decisions in, in the complete vacuum, and they are not addressing those needs. So one thing that I wanted to create some kind of meme that would kind of perhaps permeate the groups and kind of have the, the responsibility to the users in everyone's hands. So, um, and I, I always go back to something that I heard from you, Christina, <laughs> which is you had this meme at Yahoo, which was uh, every pixel has a job to make. And I thought that was really good because regardless of the context, it was a good way to kind of just have that message out there. And um, we had a really big struggle internally about what is user experience in terms of which team should be called user experience. And the developers wanted it, we wanted it, and so eventually I said, okay, we're information architecture and usability, that's what we do, but uh, user experience is everyone's responsibility. Mm -hmm. So that became kind of the meme, user experience is everyone's responsibility, and I don't know how far that is, has been dissipated, but that's something I'm trying to always bring up, and um, some people actually have come back to me and said, oh, I, I understand what you mean by that, but how can I actually do something about it? Mm -hmm. So that allowed us to bridge some connections that we didn't have and say, here's how we can help you. And, and that role of user advocates, now we can give something to them and they can be user advocates. So it's a work in progress, but um, I'm pretty happy where we're going with that. Yeah, memes can be pretty powerful, I must agree. So um, to return to the sort of the concept of uh, servicing business, um, how do you, how do you, what are some of the ways you w understand business and the business's needs, uh, the business needs of the organization to, to use uh, Olivia's clarification? How do you understand the business needs of the organization and also how do you help the business understand what you can bring to the table? I know that there are a lot of young IAs out there going, you know, they never talk to me, they bring me in too late, you know. How do you, how do you help them understand how you can help them? Well, I think in terms of like specific skills, um, some things that I do that I've just picked up over the, over, over, of the years of my experience, is I read the business publications. Not so much so I know what all the business people are reading, but it changes the way you talk. You mm -hmm. talk about things differently. <clears throat> Another thing I do, which is simple as dress code, if when you walk into a room in, in, in t-shirt and jeans and you look designery, then you're the designer, and you do you do visual stuff or you're the user advocate or whatever. But if you walk in walk in the room, you look like a business person, then you're having a business discussion because it, they automatically suck you in, and you're having a different type of conversation. You're talking about what the business model is or what their goals are, or or what type of you know market they're trying to get into, and that's the type of information that really helps you innovate good products and solutions. Like knowing that they want a blue mm -hmm. button does you no good. Well, i got to admit that, you know, looking at you two guys, I can easily picture you pitching VC down in Palo Alto. You definitely are dressing the part, and just for the folks at home that can't see. So you've got that sort of visual, business casual thing down. Um, but uh, so, to, so to go back to it a little bit, um, that's how you speak to them. How do you represent the, uh, the value that you're bringing in particular? You, you, you can now put it into their language. What, what sort of things do you uh, talk about? Oh, I'll use an example because I'm trying. I was trying to think of how to do this. We were discussing the header, and someone wanted to put, uh, do a link in the header back to the home page versus back to the subsection page. So it's a very simple. They probably have this conversation lots of places. Um, 
the response that I used wasn't wasn't you know the users won't like this or blah blah blah. It was it was um, this will decrease our acquisition rate. It'll decrease our ability um, to convert people. We'll stop getting referrals from people. So I I couched I couched the design solution in the business vocabulary because design solutions really are business solutions, right? We talk about colors or the experience, but those are fuzzy, abstract things. And in my experience, um, couching it using the business terms has been you're just using different words, you're still saying the same thing, but they understand it better. They understand that if you if the link doesn't work the way the user expects, that the business impact is you'll have you'll have less advertising revenue, less traffic, mm -hmm. the things that they can grasp. Okay, so you, you're saying basically that you become, in a lot of ways, um, it, the 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 resource that they can turn to, who knows about how design will affect their job and their life, and you speak to them in 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 those terms, because if you're you don't own the user experience, but you can speak to an aspect of the user experience where you have a deep body of knowledge, and you can speak to it in their language. Is that sort of? Yeah, I wouldn't have put it that way. But yeah, that's <laughs> probably exactly what that's. I think that's what I try to try to be is the a resource yeah. rather than even rather than a service provider, just mm -hmm. like a resource that can offer insight. Mm. And and that also the way to do that was something that I struggled with for a long time because if depending on how you frame it, if you talk, about, I I noticed that whenever I talked about design, people lost interest. So I stopped talking about design and I started defining the types of things that we have to offer in different terms. So the way that we have, and we have our mission statement, and we have like this Venn diagram that says discovery, modeling, and validation. So those are the, the three strengths that we bring to the team. And within those uh, three strengths, we have specific uh, types of activities that we can do, like discovery and user research, or usability assessments. Um, you know, um, task analysis, anything that, you know, tools of the design trade mm -hmm. that we're just framing as here are the tools that we have to offer you and these are the results that you can get out of it. So just framing it that way was ve also very helpful in getting people to understand what we do and understand how we can help them so that, you know, it actually generates business for us because mm -hmm. they, now they can come to us and, and they know what we do and what to expect. And I'm going to add, add something. Um, one of the things that Sometimes I'll, I'll throw emails uh, to Olivia that, so she can look at it and make sure that I'm you know, communicating the way I want to be communicating. One thing that she suggested was, um, and not, not the exact, exact words, but just lose the agenda. Like when they ask a question, answer the question. And I think that when we talk about design to business people, we're carrying our agenda with us. We care about design. We care about uh, that language and that viewpoint, but they don't care. They have a specific business question, and if you answer their question, then and that's you're solving the problem. Great. So uh, learn the language, lose the agenda, be a resource, and dress better. Secrets to success. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thank this was you. terrific.